welcome to the Nature Back podcast, where we are talking about climate change and the green economy. My name is Tarmo Virki, and today I'm speaking with uh, founders of a company called Hundry TM, Alberto and Jaime. Welcome to Nature Back, Alberto and Jaime. Thank you for having us, Tarmo. Uh, you guys are coming from the company called Hundred Thousand Million. Sounds uh, like you know a lot of zeros, at least. Uh, tell us uh, what you guys are doing. Definitely, yeah. I'll I'll start, Jaime, if you don't mind. So our our idea is to create sustainable cities uh, around the world. So it's not just one city. And the reason that we believe we need to do this is because. Uh, sustainable cities should exist, and it's hard to name one that exists today. Uh, they might have some aspects of being sustainable, but to think of a fully sustainable uh, society somewhere, it doesn't really exist. So our, our goal is to build sustainable cities because we have the proven technology. This is not, we're not trying to put or create the new way of doing something. This is all stuff we have from 10, 20 years ago that we can use. Um, and then we have, um, more importantly, the uh, the collective knowledge, right? So people are coming together and noticing that these issues are important for the world. And, and this is something that um, we need to do now. Why do we build cities? And the important thing about saying the city is it's a sustainable city that is built uh, from scratch. So our land, you can see the, the picture of it on our website. Um, there is nothing there. Uh, other than water and a lot of sun and a lot of wind, which then uh, immediately it it uh, it allows us to to try to achieve our goals of consuming one third of water, one third of energy, um, compared to a city like Helsinki, which is to be you know it's believed to be very sustainable and very uh, efficient in some way. So not the not the only one. I know uh, the rest of the world has. Everybody has their own favorite, but uh, we think Helsinki is a very good benchmark for us to set our goal on. And um, and yeah, that's what we're doing in a, in a nutshell. Of course, the, the, the vision of the company is to trigger a, a change in the way people, in the way people build uh, the new cities, uh, because we can continue to build them around the, uh, the current grids. Um, because that's that's inherently why they can't be sustainable, right? Uh, they're connected to old sources of, of resources uh, or, or or dirty sources, I guess I could say, to an extent. Um, and we believe that this connecting uh, with the use of renewables, we can we can do this, right? Um, and if we our our mission is sorry, our vision is to change the way companies go about doing that. And in the short term, our vision, our mission is to to create a lifestyle that is uh, truly human centered, uh, nature focused, and of course sustainable. So, in a matter of two, three generations, people won't have to have conversations like the ones we're having today, which which are like, how do we become sustainable? What it is to be sustainable? What's the one point five lifestyle? It's like no, these people will. If we do it right, people will. It'll, for them, it'll be just like, you know, like the way you and I open the water faucet today, water comes out, you know, and uh, it should be natural and they shouldn't be thinking about that. They should be thinking about the issues that we should have as a society in that future, right? So our goal is for kids to to live in a better world. And we we might expire by the time this all comes through fruition, right? But uh, But we think and we believe that this is what we should be doing, right? Given our 
our past experiences. And there, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Jaime here, but uh, there's nothing better that we could be doing. Like, uh, no, no offense to everybody else that is doing a bunch of great stuff. But for us, it's like, this is the thing we need to do. Um, because even if we fail, uh, we'll prove that this is doable to an extent, and then it'll allow other people to continue. So, uh, and it's not that we're shooting to fail, but you know, that it's, it's something that we, we want to do because it's for the better of many, not just a couple of people. Where will be the first, you know, truly sustainable city built from scratch? I mean, uh, Alberto, you are in yeah. Helsinki. So is it, is it on one of those islands, which uh, will be built between Tallinn and Helsinki in the sea or? No, well, no, but, not not quite. But I'll let Jaime Jaime explain. He's he's more uh, acquainted with the land. He actually was just there. So, yes, uh, thank you. Um, the first one we plan to build it in Chile. Not only, I mean, of course, I'm from Chile, so there's a obvious connection there. But uh, the the origin from my side of of the idea that came uh, to be the company where we have now. Um, started when when I was looking at some certain parts of Chile in the northern Chile, where I believe the I mean I, I knew and then I, I backed that up with numbers that the availability of sun and wind at the same place is really high, one of the best combinations in the world, and in front of the ocean in a temperate climate would be the ideal place to build a really sustainable city for two reasons: one. Of course, the availability of renewable energy sources. And the second one is the um, temperate climate. So you don't need a lot of energy to cool down in summer or to heat up the places in winter. And even even further than that, I mean, if, if using the right technologies that are very well known in the Nordics, like the wood construction and well, and well-used insulation, it might not even be necessary to use active uh, uh, cooling or heating in that place. Um, also, uh, the um, that region of Chile has been very impacted by climate change and drought. So the the local companies, uh, big and small companies, and the local authorities are very well aware that this kind of project is, is very uh, needed in that place. And uh, currently, the, the economy is being impacted by the lack of alternatives on how to build, uh, how to do some urban development in some parts of that region, close to where we're building the city. There are some urban developments that have been uh, stopped because the water utility as uh, uh doesn't have enough uh, water to provide just yeah. one example yeah and then the other thing you may want to mention Jaime is how why why a country like Chile and where it is in its development could help us uh, yeah. create the scalability that we're looking for when we say we're not building one city yeah uh, thank you yeah I forgot that yeah well, another reason is that Chile is a, is a small country uh, where uh, the impacts of such a project can be uh, better, better measured and 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 uh, noticed by the people and the companies and, and the government, but also, as Alberto was mentioning, 
Chile is a, a middle-income country, uh, which uh, makes a, a, a good case for for having the first city. Because if we do it in Silicon Valley, where Alberto's from, on or Finland or another well-developed country or region, then the the question was will always will be well, will it work in some place where there there's not big amounts of money nearby or where philanthropy is not a factor? Well. Chile makes a, uh, it's, it's a good place for that. If, if it works there, it can scale up in many other places around the world, not just in rich countries. Mm. Uh, the, uh, you mentioned the, the kind of the stable climate in the region, but at the same time, also climate change having impact. I mean, is the stable mm-hmm. climate looking forward? Is it about to stay like that? Or how much does the climate change having an impact on the region? Good point. Uh, Thankfully, I had done my research there, so I can I can answer the question. Like, yes, uh, uh, I mean, the, the projections of climate change are not going to change that the the temperature there significantly, although the drought is already uh, being noticed. Um, but I have never been asked this question before. Good question. I mean, in 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 the in the all the the talks and and meetings we've had uh, the past two two years. How far is the project? You said that you're already building or construction has started? Uh, not yet, not yet. Not so yet. at the stage, uh, and then we'll get to why not, but at mm-hmm. the stage that we're at right now is doing the government uh, permits. Uh, so the land is, because it's so far out, we have to change the permit from, uh, change the land use permit, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a process that takes anywhere from eight to 12 months. Um, and then we're also doing environmental studies. Um, that have to be done. This is just standard, uh, but important for us. And also studies to ensure that the amount of water is going to that is in the land uh, it can be used, um, and and you know we don't degrade the environment, um, and we can sustain the society that we're envisioning there. the The estimate is twenty thousand people for our city. Um, the uh, we're not uh, we only have a four hundred and fifty hectares, so those are secured, um, and we intend to start building in twenty twenty four. You know, permits and all these uh, uh, procedures uh, haven't gone through. Uh, we think we have the right support uh, uh, on the mindset of governments. Not to say that we have any preference from them, but but they believe this is important for the country. So so. And many other countries are are seeing this, right? We 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 often get asked by other um, other people in the governments that uh, that we should go to their country and do it because they they drastically need it. Portugal is one example. Um, but um, the reason why why that long those twelve months seem okay for us is because the important and the critical aspects of of building the city is not building the city, but building the community. And that is really hard and uh, and exciting because nobody has the answer. And it's not like somebody's trying to be the, the cowboy and save the day because there there is no cowboy for this one. We can only come up with it if we collectively figure out what it is that the future generations will most likely succeed with by trying to design it today without thinking about what we did before, mm-hmm. right? So this is really... Like trying to imagine that there's no past, uh, although we're trying to use the proven technology, but but imagine that uh, we don't want to make the same mistakes now. Not everything is a mistake. 
but how do we how do we actually make that even possible, right? Because there's some things that we may need to do. Um, not saying that we want to use uh, cement in the city, but you know, logic says that because it's a highly seismic uh, area, there's some things that we're gonna, we're going to have to look into deep, right, and decide, and and we may have to use some sort of concrete, right? For example. But uh, but anyway, going back to the community, that that uh, that is really really the uh, the hard questions these days. And what we've tried to do with that is uh, there's three uh, three areas that we're working on. Uh, one is we started a online community because we think that we'll get a more diverse uh, input. So we have a Discord where people can join and chat, um, and of course we have like 450 accounts there. You nobody is docs per se; it's just an account. Uh, and we have the typical, you know, 10% that are here and there, and then the five that actually uh, are with you all the time, right? They join our spaces and things like this. But uh, but we've been been learning because of the people that they introduce us to, right? The second part that we've done in a in a real uh, not not an online world is we've done um, labs where we talk about uh, the future of communities. And uh, Jaime can talk about it a little bit uh, in, in a second. Um, and then the, the third one is where we, where we mix these two, where we um, bring these uh, labs that Jaime is gonna talk about in a second and try to bring it to the online community. And, and I say online community, but I'm really talking about the, the Web3 community, right? Because we, we have some ideas of leveraging uh, blockchain for the city once it's functioning, of course, but there's also some things uh, around NFTs beforehand that we're thinking of, but more important, sorry, not more importantly, but uh, equally important, but prior to that is we're trying to figure out what these communities look like and the labs that Jaime is going to explain uh, are uh, are pretty interesting. So, Jaime. Please. Sure. Um, well, in, in a nutshell, the labs are a certain kind of uh, hands-on workshop that are designed around the futures literacy framework, and uh, which is an approach that understands the future as the narrative that we build ourselves and we use to make decisions in the present. Uh, this is a different uh, way of understanding the future compared to the usual Western approach where the future is something we can predict. It's something that is coming in Spanish is porvenir. That is that what is coming. And um, so we, we focus ourselves in predicting the future to get there first, colonize it and win a very cartoonish way of saying it, but yeah. Um, but if we want to, but that contrast, that predictive way of thinking about the future uh, uh, is completely different to our desires. I mean, we want the future to be different, not just a consequence of the past. And it's, this is important. For example, um, if I thought or I wish that China uh, is the uh, uh, would be the next superpower, then I should put my kids today in a school that teaches Mandarin. And uh, in many of our decisions are based on the narratives we tell ourselves about the future. And also these narratives influence the way people think about what they can do in cities and what they can, what, how they can build or how they can gather the collective power to do something different. 
And so in these labs, we bring a diverse group of people, business people, people from the local community, uh, experts like architects, sociologists, authorities. Uh, and in a very well-designed setting, uh, they begin to play with the future in different ways. And it serves two purposes. One, uh, and as a intended gift to the people that attend our workshops, is they learn how to understand better the way they use the future. It's it's a uh, it's empowering because it gives you uh, uh, a more clear uh, view of what your agency is, you know, in a very profound way. But on the second, uh, and the second purpose is for us to get a deeper understanding of what it means to build a community for the people that attend our workshops. And when, when uh, I, you can probably, you can relate to this, but when you talk about the future of something that matters to you, education, health, your kids, your family, your, your neighborhood, uh, and, and you're in a conversation that feels, uh, uh, honest to you in, in a well-defined setting as, as I'm telling, then people reveal their deepest held assumptions. They, fears, their hopes. And that's a precious element for us to incorporate in the design of our city. In 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 a way, what we're doing while we do the permits and while we uh, integrate the different technologies into the to to understand the possibilities of what we can build, what we're doing is flipping the script. We're beginning with the values of the people that will eventually build the community or or not just the local community, but the global community of people that are, are, are aligned with what we're doing and then design the city, uh, given all the constraints and possibilities, uh, that are, are, are set by the technologies and the environment, of course, but, uh, we're, we're definitely trying to, and will avoid the mistake of building a huge thing that is technically correct, but no one wants to live there, which has happened in the world before. Many times. Many times, yes. yes. Interesting. Uh, the the kind of the community aspect in building a city, it's something which probably people from outside the sphere don't really think that much about. If you talk about, we're going to build a sustainable city, it's not probably the first question coming to people's mind is, but where do the people come from? And what will they be doing there? I mean, what will they be doing there is probably still coming, kind of coming to the coming to the the forthcoming. But you know, where will the people come from? Yeah, the, that's a question we get often. So uh, there's there's the evident answer that there is a housing crisis around the world. You don't feel it in Estonia, maybe, and not sure. Apologies, I, I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not uh, fully aware, but uh, definitely not in Finland, right? Uh, or we don't feel it that big here. But the rest of the world, it's crazy. Even in places like Silicon Valley, right, where there are homes, but maybe people can't even afford them. So it's a different type of crisis. But the rest of the world, uh, people, people. Uh, I mean, there, there's a deficit, right? We, we, we don't have enough homes for the people that are here, and plus we'll have another 2.5 billion. Uh, coming in to cities uh, in the next uh, 30 years. So um, so that's the answer, you know, high level. The, um, the specific answer to the local uh, first city um, in Chile, um, we are about um, 
400 kilometers away from uh, and, and maybe 60 kilometers away from two uh, sizable cities that we feel that people from those cities will uh, put, could potentially migrate. Um, there's also the the digital nomad community, right? That could that could potentially come in. Of course, we would have to work with the government to get visas and those residencies for people that are are coming in. And and we're looking at Estonia <laughs> to their uh, e-residency program. So was, that was magnificent. I mean, flat out top of the world, right? And and if we can help learn from Estonians how to take that over to to a city and convince the government, you know, that could be, that could open doors real quick. Now, 20,000 people, that's, we're, we're estimating uh, families of four. That's not a lot of people, right? Uh, so we think we might have the problem where we're oversubscribed. Um, then here, here it gets a little bit tricky because we, we don't want to do an unhumane thing to do it where you build a city and the people that build your city are left behind because they're just builders, right? Uh, it's quite the opposite. We have to think about everybody because, you know, if anything, they're the, uh, maybe not the founders of the city, but they're the foundation fathers of the city, right? They're going to be building these things. And not, to, and not to criticize Brasilia, but they had a very big issue where they didn't even include those people. And and that by itself is one way to 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 um, enhance your society, right? Um, maybe Maybe initially they're building, but eventually they'll be, they could potentially be the people that know the city the best because they built there, right? So we think that that has to, we have to consider from that level to the digital nomads. Um, some people ask me like, uh, it's not going to be a city for rich people. I'm like, well, no, it can't be, right? Because it's the world and it's not ours and it shouldn't be for the top percent. Um, it should be for everybody. Now, what I am looking for is that that person that's going to see this opportunity and sees, hey, I want to be the owner of XYZ so I can be the the super you know the the supermarket guy or the lady of of the city, and then and those people are going to be the ones that are going to trigger these economies that that right now it's hard to ask and say how do you build an economy from zero from scratch right? Those are tricky. Now um, we've also had people from Finland that uh, have ties to to Chile that uh, have already uh, said that they want to participate of course because we don't have a home to sell we don't we don't we don't want to give them a, a false promise that you know they can buy a home when we haven't even designed it so we we, we have them in our back pocket let's say or very close by um, we've also seen companies that want to diversify into Latin America and they're saying okay well if if you know if, if I can be in a fully sustainable city my carbon offset is you know right there right it's uh I'll, I'll be living it if if i'm in it and we and we see that as a as a business by the way uh, because we should be able to participate in the carbon offset market um just because the whole city is is is, is sustainable right uh um and uh so so those are the the areas that we're looking at and then there's two things that we think that are leaps that people will take for their families because you know we don't want a city of only only guys let's say right workers or whatever because you know that that's not gonna survive it's gonna be a hotel or something right but but we need families and then and what we've thought about hard is what we've been seeing here in the nordics and um the education systems the focus on education and the support that you can get from a properly uh, arranged health system, those are two things that if I tell 
anybody in those regions that I can offer them a, a city where we're going to strive to get those two things to be the core, you you will listen to me. Uh, if you have kids, it'll be very simple. You'll be like, tell me more, right? Uh, it definitely, maybe from here to there, it might be a little bit trickier. But uh, but even from Mexico to there, you might think about it. You might be like, wait, okay, it's a, it's a whole new environment. I can offer my kids a future generational, not just the, the next, you know, my kid right now, but his kids and his kids to think about and work, look in a different world. But only if you grab me by those, we think those two things, I will start listening to you. Now that's not the end of all, right? We have to figure out businesses. We have to figure out incentives. We have to figure out how to work with the government. We're not a B2G company, but we we think based on the conversations that Jaime had that soon we'll have to have a B2G person in the team that that helps because uh, once we once we can prove that we can do this, which we will, right? It's just a matter of time and money and engineering um, and a lot of, a lot of a thought process for the community. Um, the we see that uh, governments are going to ask us to in, initially Chile. They're going to ask us to do this elsewhere, right? Because not that not that we're trying to change the climate migration, but we could impact it uh, as a secondary product just by being able to build cities closer to the people that are migrating. Not not so they don't migrate, but what if you can offer a better life in your home country, like, uh, and you can actually not not move because you you could have a job that is you know your your ideal job, but it's remote and it's there, or perhaps the the new industries that we're gonna develop there uh, might be something that people wanted and it's better their their hometown. Then you don't end up moving away, right? Again, with twenty thousand people, we're not gonna change migration, but. If we, you know, if we change the way the people start to build, people will start to build them closer. And and the idea is to to give them the whole, not building the city. That's the easy part. Tech, I mean, <laughs> easy part. Uh, figuring out how to get uh, different cultures and communities to 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 create. And every time it'll be different, but at least we can provide the the framework on which we believe that this will allow them, right? And and this involves how you design the city, uh, so you. You invite for diversity, you invite for inclusion, openness, and, and all these other things, right? You said that uh, basically it's 450 hectares and planned for 20,000 people. But what if it becomes really popular and it needs to grow? I mean, by yes. nature, cities are really kind of growing uh, organisms in a way almost. Right. So there's two things we're doing there. Um one, and I'm sorry, people came behind me. Can you hear them or we're good? Um, the main thing that we're that we're doing there is, is two things. Uh, one, uh, funds to get the lands that are next to it, the current land. That's important so we can secure uh, the way the city grows. But more importantly, the way this we design the the let's say the neighborhoods um, and think about it from a technologically perspective technological perspective so, so if we build the microgrids in a modular way uh, as well as the water system in a modular way that it'll organically or you can um, expand it and that'll be kind of the way that we we drive this growth in the city right so we can replicate it easily and this will allow us to do this uh, in other countries as well but but initially we'll figure out how to how to make sure the 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 city uh, grows um, in a modular way, um, 
and we think that with the land that we have there, there could be up to 200 and 200 200,000 people is what we estimate with the 2000 hectares around us. The, uh, the contrast in a way to your hometown of Mexico is quite, uh, drastic. I was just the other day hearing somebody explaining to me how the, the center of Mexico is, uh, kind of uh, going downwards 30 centimeters each year which means that the grid constructions and everything like this is always at stretch. So, you know, building a, in contrast to sustainable city, it's like two different worlds. Oh, completely, yes. And, and uh, by the way, I'm not from the center of the city. That's, uh, I'm from the Northwest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no, it's fine. It's, uh, I love Mexico City, uh, but it is, you know, it, it has its problem. And it, not only there, right? I mean, Jakarta's underwater. Um, Cairo can't handle it, so they're redoing a Cairo. Uh, we wish we would have started this, you know, 10 years earlier so we could have built the, the, the new Cairo version of it uh, uh, in a better way, uh, although you know it's easy to criticize from far away, but I'm sure they're doing their best. But, but, um, but yeah, it is it is a contrast, and and that's the real challenge, right? The vision is to change how how to do this, and then people ask us, "What are you going to do with the current cities?" Well, we're not going to go for them because it's it's really hard to retrofit. But we feel that if we you know achieve our our vision. Um, these cities will be un, uh, decompressed from from the population because people will have other places to go, and uh, so that's that's kind of what what we're uh, we're we're going for. Of course, we'll learn more as we go forward. Hi, May. You were earlier speaking a little bit about the uh, the kind of the beginning beginning of the process, but uh, tell us a little bit more. What was the kind of the starting point? Well, uh, in my background, I'm an electronics engineer and I worked for almost 10 years for the Chilean government at the National Council of Innovation. And that gave me a privileged uh, position to work on uh, global challenges like water scarcity, resilience to natural disasters, sustainable mining, Chile is a mining country, and uh, talk to experts uh, in Chile and, and and around the world, that were looking at these issues in a in 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 a holistic way. I mean, with a lot of technical depth, but also understanding the connections between the socio technical challenges that are uh, that underlie all those issues. And um, so, after I, I told you about the land, then. Uh, I, I began to do some research about the cost of the technologies and the, the performance that can be achieved. And uh, at the first, uh, like a back of the envelope calculations at the beginning, it looked like that it could work. I mean, it could work in, 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 a, in a very uh, fantastic way. I mean, the numbers were good. The costs were really low because... And then, as when after we uh, started talking to 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 Alberto and others, and and then we we got the chance to come to Finland and uh, and make it happen. But the 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 core of it is that it works not just because of their their their, their technologies available, uh, but because and this is a, the key equation here is that the cost of development can be significantly lower than in current cities. 
because we're now trapped in a loop where the urban expansion revolves around cities. And that means that it revolves around the expansion of the grids, the water and electricity and sewage grids. And uh, when the grids expand, the, the land around the cities become more expensive until the grids reach those lands. And then typically the in around the world, and this is a, a, a something that surprised me that it's fairly similar, the final cost of the land when you do an urban development is between around 15% of the total cost of the final project. So for a city of 20,000 people, doing numbers in, in different countries, it could be like one between 1 1.2, 1.5 billion euros, the whole city when it's built. So the land would be around uh, 300 million euros. But with this, what, what, what we're doing, we can target land that is not around cities. Mm. And that makes it lot, lot less. And that, that gives you a buffer that is more than enough to compensate any additional cost that you might have because there are in in reality there are none because uh or or very few because the technologies are now cost effective solar panels water recycling you name it uh uh black water treatment that are, do not require sewage but you you can do some natural uh processes that made to work for them so you save money in infrastructure by consuming one third of the water, one third of the energy, so you need less infrastructure for water and energy, and uh, the land costs so much cheaper. So, and and they made sense. Uh, Business Finland liked it. Uh, they gave us uh, the opportunity to get the residence visa, and here we're. So the uh, next year, starting the building in Chile, uh, I think Alberto said that you guys have already had uh, inquiries from other countries. What could be the destination of the second sustainable town? Well, there are some places. Okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say the the ones that we've we've had uh, um, interactions with are Italy. Uh, we've heard from Portugal and also South Africa. So those are three that uh, immediately. Of course, my home country is also an alternative because I should be able to know people around there. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're going. Uh, not not my California, although I've had some friends to ask me to to do it just for a couple of people from California. But then I'm like, no, because that can't be replicated. Sorry, replicated around the world. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, that's the that's our plan. Sounds really, really interesting. And I love the kind of the digital element of the community building that uh, probably resonates with a lot of people who are listening to this podcast and, and with, uh, with a lot of people around the world. Yes. No, we, you know, it's, it's very interesting because we were, we were not thinking about the digital world because we didn't know about it. Right. Uh, but we met uh, a good friend, Gleb from, uh, from, uh, from this you know, from, from the past and he introduced us and this, the moment that we started getting engaged, what we found is that there's a really interesting community online. It's, it's almost like a community that you want in real life, but it's only online <laughs> where people don't even know them, each other, but, but they support each other. Uh, and I've seen this through NFT artists, right? Mainly. Um, and I, and I know not everybody's like that, but, but I saw something that was really interesting and 
and and that's what prompted us to 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 say well, you know what uh, we could start the community beforehand so so we're going with that and and the what we're going to do is eventually have these labs for both uh in person and online uh, but but in in the meantime we we're rethinking how we enter the uh the let's say the nft world because we believe that there's not not a pfp solution for us because that's i mean we don't see that as the end goal uh just to make uh you know to to raise funds to, with that but what we really think is that people will will want an nft that has actual utility in a real city but as we get more formalized with the city is when we can actually start to start to offer things and, and because you know um everybody's watching crypto more closely we can't just go off and say oh we'll give you this and that so we're we're trying to be very careful to ensure that, that we actually walk the talk that we say on the utility and then so so this is what we're we're, we're crafting during the next uh months so um so um, if anybody in this in this uh in this forum uh you know it's interested in that just you know our website has the links to the discord and uh, we're not we're not uh excessively active but it's because we you know we're we're uh we're people that are new to this <laughs> but we also want to focus on getting the city uh right right so we we actually have a platform for everybody yeah it's uh fascinating how you build a kind of city which is in essence an analog product the mm -hmm. real houses and real streets and uh, you know right. real street signs and using a digital community to kind of uh, build the city in a way so combining the two is is a fascinating uh, thing yeah and also and and also it's, it, there's an important connection between the the digital community and the possibilities of this of the grid cities that can be basically built uh as Alberto mentioned in different places so the, there the connectivity is key and one one additional uh asset the, of the region we're building where we're building for city is that the fiber optic backbone infrastructure is one of the best in the world because uh the that region has uh in, in five years is going to have uh like 50 percent of the optical astronomy capacity of the whole world so the the observatory is so big and they're so they're close together that the the the, the fiber optic backbone and it's it's sending uh petabytes of data to the us and and europe every day now we just connect to that, and we will get one of the best connectivities in the world. What's the reason for that? Is there some subsea cables coming to land there, or oh, the reason for because of the observatories? The, the yeah, the cables have okay. and and uh, the the sky that, that that is connected to the solar the solar energy availability because the skies in the northern Chile is one of are one of the clearest skies in the world. Over three hundred in the in inland. Over three hundred nights of, of clear skies per year. Yeah, I think I think many of the listeners will be signing up to join the community and uh, and move move in soon when the city is becoming ready. 
sounds like a sounds like a plan. I will have to talk with my wife at home tonight about this. <laughs> Definitely. And Jaime, you 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 want to talk a little bit about our our March plan or? Uh, I mean, I, I know it's not an open invitation, but you know, we we definitely would like to have a couple of people there. We can't, you know, we can't open it up to a hundred, but you know, there's if there's a couple of interested people, uh, we are having an event in in Chile at the, and we will be visiting the land uh, later later this year. So if if uh, people are interested, they can reach out to us through the community and. And you know, uh, of course, Tarmo, you're you're welcome to join us. Maybe we do a podcast from there because that'll be epic. I think. <laughs> be epic, especially before that. Before anything has happened, that would be totally epic. Uh, a bit like yeah. this yes. t- tunnel project between Finland and Estonia. All these mm-hmm. kind of free events uh, because nothing has yet happened, but it has been talked about heavily for the last five years. So. I think there have been pictures of the initiators with a shovel starting to dig the tunnel, but they don't have any permits yet or anything like that. So <laughs> nothing, nothing has happened. But, but but with the infrastructure projects, sometimes things take time. So that's totally natural. Of course, of course yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're in agreement with that. <laughs> good. Uh, thanks, guys. I think it's a good point to wrap up the discussion. Otherwise, uh, and for the listeners, it's you know easy to go to a website. So it's hundred tm dot com or what's the dot earth dot earth okay. yeah. So the hundred the number one zero zero tm dot earth. So this planet, uh, and yes. uh, find the Discord channel from there and uh, join it and uh, get the feedback and uh, join. Uh, Jaime and Alberto and the team uh, at at the ground in March already to go and check out the check out the future city, which uh, you know yet to there yet to go. build. Good. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you Tarmo. Have a great one. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production.